Hi, it's Karen here. And before we begin, I want to share an opportunity for you to help us give back. After my own cancer diagnosis, I realized the importance of having a helpful and simple resource. That's why I wrote Happiness Through Hardship, a guide and journal for cancer patients, their caregivers, and friends. Like a good friend, this book provides practical tips and resources, as well as a few stories providing hope. Now, we've organized a Donate a Book fundraiser and would be so grateful for your support. You can donate on prettywellness.com backslash book or Venmo at C-A-R-Y-N dash Sullivan dash three. For each $15 donated, one book will be donated to a cancer center. And as I do with all books sold, half the proceeds go to the Cancer Couch Foundation, where 100% of the donations are matched and fund metastatic breast cancer research. Again, we would be so grateful for your support. You can donate by sending a Venmo at my name dash three, which is C-A-R-Y-N dash S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N dash three. Thanks again for your support. Let's begin. I want to welcome you to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide for cancer patients and caregivers that shares the same name as this podcast. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. If you've liked these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. Or reach out to us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. We love connecting and sharing healthy lifestyle resources. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Tammy Neely. Tammy spent nearly two decades working in corporate communications. She first began her career in professional sports, including the WNBA, Arena Football League, and NASCAR, before she transitioned to LifeLock as the organization's 30th hire. During her nearly seven years leading the corporate communications team at LifeLock, she executed hundreds of interviews as a corporate spokesperson, led a team that secured interviews in all 50 states in a single year. She launched a partnership with the FBI's Law Enforcement Education Development Association and helped lead the company to IPO. She's now with Find Your Influence, a company so fitting to her. As the Vice President of Communications and Talent Relations, Tammy helps tell the story of the industry's first influencer marketing solution and oversees the boat Teak Talent Management Agency. She's able to use her gift of communicating and connecting people in a role that brings out the best in clients, projects, and those around her. Now, I got to be honest, Tammy and I know each other. We met 
eons ago when our careers connected through our NBA and WNBA roles. And we connected as if we had been friends for years. We both have the gift of gab, but it was more than that. We could talk boys, and we did, and sports, which we did that as well. But it always led to real conversations about life which is what we're going to do today. Not so much about boys, maybe a little bit about our sons, but more so to share her journey, searching for the right mentor, and then ultimately deciding to be her own. Tammy, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Karen. What a lovely introduction. I should have you write, I should have you update my bio for me. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. It is fun when you you know, even though you and I met so long ago, and frankly, we always lived across the country from each other, so we didn't see each other that often. I've always thought the world of you, and so I'm delighted that our paths have crossed again and that you're able to come on Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. So it's just wonderful. And let's open it up. I want you to share with us a little bit. You have had quite the career, and can you talk to us? The topic today is about mentoring. And I'd really love for you to share, first and foremost, why is mentoring so important? So mentoring is important to me because I place such a high value on interpersonal relationships. I was raised by a single mom who busted her tail, worked two jobs. She worked so hard to provide for my sister and I. And, you know, being in my 40s, which you may be as well too, um, we didn't have the social media, that connection. And so I looked up to my mom, obviously, as most uh, individuals do, of like, what a hard worker. But I knew I wanted more than that. And I knew I needed to set my sights on who are these women who are doing this, and they can be parents and um boss babes too in in an organization where they have uh leadership decision making ability a voice um and they're not they're not afraid to use it and so as i was growing up i wondered is that a possibility for me could i could i be a mom one day and be in a leadership role of an organization and so i was always looking for that woman and i honestly didn't find her until i was in my mid 30s and it's really about that value of relationships to me is I need to see someone who's done it before and find out how did you do it? And we'll get to this in a, in a little bit, I'm sure. But for a long period of time, I thought if I'm looking for it, who else is too? And instead of invo- investing all of my time in it, how can I become that? Because if I'm looking for it, why don't I just become that and serve other individuals, other women, other that, that are looking for that same thing, instead of just saying, it's not out there, it's my turn. Let's just do that. That's so beautiful. I think that in, especially now, the rules are changing in so many different directions. And I know as I was raised, I, I'd like to believe I had, I had a lot of role models, both as a child and in an early in my career. And there probably wasn't one person that served everything, but I would take little nuggets of information from different people in order to, to get learning lessons, we'll say. But I did, like you, I, I sought out, you want this one mentor that can help you or, or a few mentors that can really help you see yourself in them. And so I'm curious, though, as you said, you couldn't find it for yourself, and so you went out to be that person. What does that look like? 
Or what did it look like? Because I'm sure it's evolved and changed. So I was I was looking for those for that specific individual. I had somebody in my head. I had like painted a picture of who she was. And that was right out of college. And she was somebody who was uh, in the C-suite of a company. She was married. She had young children. Um, Cause I want to know, how do you navigate that? You know, full transparency. My son is almost 17 now, but, and so now he can drive himself places. He's applying to colleges. Like he's a establishing his own life, but he doesn't need me in the way that he did when he was younger, right? Like that our relationship evolves as he grows. That's my job is to, to help raise him and to be a, a young man. And so I, I was looking for this woman. I, I created her in my head. She had young children, you know, not toddlers, but maybe like grade school children. And I wanted to know how could she could balance it all, how she could be everything to everyone all the time. I soon realized no one can do that. That's not that's not realistic. Um, but how can she show up for an organization, have a voice, have a leadership position, and still not miss a t-ball game, still not miss a school play or something like that? And you and I met, Karen, in the WNBA. And full transparency, even in the WNBA, I didn't see a lot of women on the team level in leaderships with the teams that I was, it was all white men leading it. Okay, cool. Great opportunities for female athletes to succeed. Karen, you and I were both on the media side. I, I don't think I could name a female reporter that covered a beat for, for a sports station or excuse me, for a, a newspaper or even, you know, a local NBC, ABC, Fox affiliate. There, there weren't women covering it. Yes. We're giving opportunities to women, but I didn't see those women in the leadership positions that I was looking for. So I kind of had to readjust, you know, as I, as I grew professionally in my career. Did you see the same thing? Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Minneapolis and Minneapolis in a lot of ways is more progressive. So I will say that our, uh, the WNBA beat reporter was Pam Schmid. That name just came back to me. So, um, there was, and Robbie Pickerel was the other one from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. So I will say that, that, there were, you know, Michelle Tafoya got a lot of her beginnings and she actually was, was on the podcast uh, here before. She comes from Minneapolis, still lives in Minneapolis for that matter. But there, I will say, I think you're right. I think throughout maybe the world and definitely throughout the country, especially back then, there were few and far between. I just so happen to know a number of them. But even they were pioneers, right? Like, and in a, and I guess the WNBA back then was still fairly new, but there were other women's sports teams around and it has evolved tremendously, which I love to see. But I, I will say I went on to work for other companies in sports and it's still, you know, it, it's still heavily male dominated. There are tons of more opportunities out there. But when you're looking for a role model, somebody who's done it and not just, a, I, I love a pioneer that's so helpful and they've been so courageous and so through so much, but you want to be able to see yourself there. And that means a multitude of people and that it wasn't. Correct. And so as I've grown, as I've matured professionally and personally realizing, okay, how do I become that person? 
I was looking for that person when I was just out of college. And so I thought, why don't I start um, there instead of just reaching out to someone like, hey, do you need a mentor? Can I help you? Because that feels awkward. Um, I got involved. Do you remember uh, her name's Her name was Nita Kia. Nita when you Kia. Knew her? Nita Berry now, yeah. right? Nita yes. Berry, yes. Oh, Nita. She, um, she used to be an adjunct professor at Arizona State University. She's now a faculty professor at Grand Canyon University. She teaches sports marketing, sports business courses. And she's asked me every year to come in and share my experience, my experiences working in sports with her students. Now, I haven't worked in sports since 2000 and I don't know, let's say six. So it's been a long time, but the opportunity to go in and speak to those students to say right out of college, here was my opportunity in sports. Here's how I took advantage of those opportunities, how I network, how I built relationships, how I still speak to Karen Fine Sullivan and Nita Kia Berry. You know what I mean? It's about relationships. And like you said, we can pick up where we left off because we had those, those kind of in the trench moments together. When times were tough, we would turn to each other. Even though you were with the Minnesota Lynx and I was with the Utah Stars and the Phoenix Mercury, we were there for one another. We knew what the other was going through. And so for me, it's about relationships, investing in those relationships. And when I get to go into those college classes, I spoke to a couple of uh, marketing classes, uh, high school marketing classes here in the Phoenix area too. I'm always saying, ask me questions, use me as a resource. But I'm not saying just text me. I want you to build a relationship with me. A relationship is where two people are involved. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's start professionally here. Is it your resume I can look at? Is it someone, you know, is it something that you've written that I can review for you? Can I give you guidance? But I present myself as I am the opportunity for you to take hold of. If you invest in me, I will invest in you. And so in, in full transparency, Karen, I've, I've probably spoken to 100 200 students along the way. And I can name three students who continue to reach back out to me. And essentially I'm, I'm mentoring them. They're reaching out. How would you handle this situation? Or how would you handle this? And I'm giving them that guidance, but it's never anything that they said, you know, it's not formal. Would you be my mentor? But I'm putting myself out there to young people to say, if you want to be successful, I want you to be successful. Plug me in and let me know how I can help. Well, and what's interesting about that is I've been in that, in a similar place that you have, been as or that you are as well where I will talk to several groups university students high school students and I offer that very similar messages and what's interesting to me and you said it is you've talked to hundreds maybe thousands of people but yet only three people are the ones who continue to connect and it just goes to show that if and when you do connect, it becomes special because so many people, they know to do it, but they don't do it. And so sometimes my message to them is like, just do it. It may feel uncomfortable. It may feel a little different, but start it, try it, do it, because that's where you can differentiate yourself and get the key learnings that you are going to want to be successful. And you said it right there, Karen, it might feel uncomfortable at first, you only learn and grow in the discomfort. So get uncomfortable. It's a conversation. You and I are, are talkers. We like to gab, we like to do that. So maybe someone isn't maybe as extroverted as we are. Just send a message on LinkedIn to connect of like, hey, you spoke to my class on this day or I met you here. Here's what I'm you know, going through or you know, here's a, an impasse that I'm at and I, I'm looking for some guidance. Would you have 15 minutes to invest in a conversation with me? Just what's the worst someone can say? No. 
You know what I mean? And so get uncomfortable. You don't have to be as extroverted and chatty as you or I are, but you have to be willing to make that ask and, and people will value that. And if you put kind of a time frame on that, not saying, can I have three hours of your time, but Hey, can I have, can I have a small period of your time? I'll give you two to three times as much. Um, but you know, if, if you come and say, here's how I want you to help me, you're speaking to what fills my cup with joy is helping other people. I'm a helper. I love to you know, make other people feel good and help them solve their problems. Um, maybe not problems, but you know, you know what I mean there. I, I love to be of service and to be helpful. And so when someone asks, I'm all over it. Just like when you asked me to be on this podcast. Well, and on that note, if you could go in and help us, the listeners here, would love we would love to pick your brains. Imagine that we are calling you and asking you for advice. What would be some of the key messages or notes of advice that you give for people when it comes to mentorship. And I would say specifically about, you know, in, in your career, because mentorship can look in a, look several different directions, but what do you advise people? And we'll say probably when the career trajectory. Great question. So what jumps to mind first is never, ever burn a bridge. Never. There can be people you don't like, there can be people that you, you know, no one's ever worked at an organization where they like everybody, except me. I like everybody at my current organization. I, I promise I do. But that's that's hard to come by. Um, I'll give you an example. I worked for a company in my life where the person running the, the HR program, I personally didn't think she was great at her job, but I didn't tell anybody that. I didn't place, you know, a high value on her as a human. I, I wasn't sure I could trust her or anything, but I kept that to myself. I wasn't gossipy, anything about that. I was like, that's my opinion. That doesn't have to be anyone else's opinion. I'm going to keep it to myself. Um, I left that role for another opportunity. She reached out to me a year later and she's like, hey, Tammy, I was talking to so-and-so. They, they have an opportunity open. I thought you'd be perfect for it. Can I do an introduction? This person who I didn't admire necessarily, I didn't think she did her job great. She referred me for another job. And I just thought, what an amazing thing. I never, I don't think that I treated her ever unkindly. I know I didn't say anything unkind about her behind her back to anyone else to sway anyone else's opinion. And that led me to another job that I had that I loved and I thrived. And I still think back to that day of, I'm really glad I kept my mouth shut. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have served me in burning a bridge with her. And it led to another opportunity in my life. And so, you know, don't burn bridges. And also relationships are so important. Even though Karen, you and I are connected on LinkedIn, like you said, we haven't spoken in two decades, probably the door is still open, right? You know, we're, we'll be there for one another. And so I think that I think I know that that building those relationships and investing in relationships, I'm certainly not invested in a relationship with everyone I'm connected with on LinkedIn. Um, however, if someone reached out and said, you know, I'd love for you to join me for this, or can I pick your brain on that? Absolutely, because if it helps them, there's probably a way it's going to help me too. I'm going to learn something from it. There's going to be value for me too. Well, and I think now is an interesting time in the world with so much technology for connectivity, um, a bit less in person, obviously because of the circumstances, but someday we'll go back to that. I think it's interesting for people. We see the kids, you know, I, I'll speak to my own that are so connected in their devices. I, I encourage people to be creative in ways 
to stay connected, to build relationships, even if it isn't the, okay, let's go out for coffee for an hour. I love your point about 15 minutes because a lot of people, even when they're so busy, can find 15 minutes. And I, you know, I've done in my past, like walk and talk conversations where, you know, depending on the person that you want to, to speak to, are they somebody that values wellness, values exercise? Would they do a 15 minute or 20 minute for that matter chat while you're both walking and talking on the phone? It's a way to connect with somebody. And like, you know, for you, the hot button is help. You love to help. Maybe people don't know the hot button, but they when they get it, they'll see it more. But other people, you may know through their LinkedIn profile or through something that you've seen them do from afar. You know that they love exercise, so try and connect with them where they're at. 100%. And I think when you reach out to someone, personalizing it that way, uh, I saw that you did X. I was really impressed with Y. It spoke to me when I saw you do Z. Personalize it, humanize it. So you're not just like, hey, I see you're on LinkedIn and you have this job. Can you help me? No, everyone wants to feel valued and seen. And when you can call out, Karen, you reached out to me and you said, hi, I saw this LinkedIn post that you did. I was like, oh, wow, she's watching my thing. It made me feel good, like in that very first outreach. And that's what, that's what I mean. And it's not about like stroking everyone's ego, but it kind of is, you know what I mean? It's, it's that human touch. It says, I see you. Um, I value that thing that you did and you're, I would have done this anyways, had you not led with that. However, if you're reaching out to someone who maybe you don't know that well, looking at something that they've done and putting a value in and what your takeaway was from that thing is, is, is a really great jumping off point. Well, what's funny is I didn't even realize, like, as we're talking, you're right. I, because I know you, it's not that I assumed you were going to say yes. Cause I know that you're, you're a busy soul. It may not have worked for you. And I totally would have taken no for an answer, but to your point that I, I, I was brilliant. No, I'm just kidding. That is, I, I agree with you. I can't tell you how many times I would get, emails, especially when I was at ESPN, because I, you know, so many people wanted to get into to sports marketing and they would, would email me, um, attaches my resume, um, looking for a job. Can you tell me if there is a job available there? And I look at that. And I'm like, there's so many things with that that don't resonate, right? It's, it's wanting me to do the work instead of them noticing like the reverse could have been, and I've got that before, which would make my eyes light up, which is high. I was looking on the job website at ESPN.com and I saw that there is a marketing role. I don't believe that you work in the marketing side of production, but would you be able to have a 15 minute chat with me so I could better understand a little bit about the company and maybe help me navigate through? Like that kind of hits, and that's for not so much as mentorship, but yet it's asking me to mentor them through a process. It's somebody making it more personal. Also showing that they're willing to put in a little bit of the work and not make you do it for them. Yeah, 100%. When they say, I'm going to meet you halfway, or I'm not going to put all this work on you. Like um, some of the guidance that I've given to students recently is how can you go in and not necessarily like, job shadow, but say, you know, I, 
I'm sure we're past the internship opportunities. I know you're busy, but is there a day or two that I could come in and really just shadow you? I'm not going to be like, why'd you do that? Or how'd you do that? I'm really interested in seeing what your day-to-day looks like. I'd ha- be happy to take notes as we're going. I'll be silent the whole day. You know, if, if I need to sign an, you know, a non-disclosure agreement, I'll do that. But then I'd love to circle back with you afterwards. I'd like to see you in your element. So, you know, Karen, when we worked in sports, a lot of the times, you know, when we'd get resumes of like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to do this. I'd love to be on the PR team. I'd love to travel with the team. I'd love to do this. Okay. We would get those. You know who in sports is not getting those things? The person in charge of tickets. There's no one's like, oh my gosh, I dream one day of being like the director of ticketing operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's probably, it's like being a referee or an umpire. There's no one that's like, that's their dream, but it's still a phenomenal job. And so I tell students now, if you want to get a response, reach out to the director of ticketing operations and just say, I'd love to job shadow you for a day because no one's doing that. And they would love that. You know what I mean? To have someone come in and sit with them and then maybe then have that student offer to take them to lunch and pay for their lunch and then use the lunch to follow up with all the questions that they took. They're not going to interrupt the director of ticketing operations, but let's go reach out to the people who are less glamorous with the team and try to shadow them. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. And let me tell you, when I was at the Timberwolves and Lynx, Molly Tomzak was a superstar. I'm sure she still is, but I know she's not there. And she would have been hilarious. She is hilarious. Like, she would have made that such a personal personable visit. And you're right. They're so behind the scenes. And she was one, I believe she was one of the first employees at the Timberwolves. And so she was well connected to some of the folks that are still there and running the company. And so I think your point is just, I I never thought about that. That's really smart is once you're in the door and it doesn't matter how you get in, if you've got someone that you've been kind to, that you've shown some passion and in you know and and eagerness to learn more i think that 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 can help you and i keep using the words navigate where you may or may not want to go i couldn't have told you when we met years ago where i what my next role maybe i knew my next role or two but i didn't know where i would be today i had some hopes and dreams but a lot of times your career zigzags and so those people inside the organizations are the ones that can help get you there and whether they're the mentor like you talk about that keeps coming back and that you go to reoccurringly or it's like a mentor in a moment that teaches you some information and helps guide you to the next place you want to be I think both can provide value I think you need to trademark mentor in a moment I I think we need to go into business with that oh my gosh I love it too mentor in a moment all right, we've yeah, got it. Because you're right. There there are periods of time that you need people in your life. Um, when you talk about navigating and careers is zigzagging, I've gone from WNBA to arena football to NASCAR and then to identity theft protection and then to education technology and into influencer marketing. So like, that's not a clear straight line by any means. Now, my roles have all been on the communications side. So corporate communications, media relations, investor relations, you know, I talk a lot and I like to write as well. I like to communicate. I want everybody to know what's going on all the time. And so I'll just talk, talk, talk until you just tune me out. 
However, that's the direct line while the career, you know, while the, the organizations have zigged and zagged, the, the through line for me is that communications piece. And so that's what I tell students as well is your, your through line can zigzag as well. So yes, I'm in communications and that might move over into sales that might move over into finance. You know what I mean? You can do that, but that's a, a, a lot bigger shift. I feel like it's a whole different, like how, wait, that's a whole other, you know, like field to, to, to navigate, but it's not impossible by any means. And if you have those mentor in a moment, um, they will help you learn in those processes. I have had, you know, one of my mentors early on is a male. I still talk to him regularly. However, he didn't provide that and still doesn't provide that because he's not a woman, doesn't, doesn't show me how he can um, be the super present parent. I know that he is, but he just didn't check all the boxes that I needed. And the person that I've now found is actually the CEO of the company that I'm with. Um, her name is Jamie. You mentioned, you mentioned but that I worked for LifeLock before. Jamie and I both worked at LifeLock together for six years. We were kind of colleagues there, and she left to go start Find Your Influence. While she was at Find Your Influence, she had her son. And when she and I met up just casually to catch up, and she called me later that day and offered me a job, I told my husband about it. And he, I said, hey, do you remember Jamie from LifeLock? And he's like, can you show me a photo? He's like, there were hundreds of people there, you know, by the time that you left. So I showed him a photo and he goes, you have to take that job. And I said, why? I showed him her uh, Facebook profile photo. And he goes, she's the CEO and co-founder of a company. And in her Facebook profile photo, it's her and her son. He goes, for years, all I've ever heard you say is that you want, you want to work for someone and be surrounded by women who can do that she's your person. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And that's why I'm, you know, I've been here three years with find your influence and knock on wood. I don't see myself going anywhere because it's that, as I described to you, the, the image of the individual, that mentor that I was looking for, that is Jamie to me. And so yes, she would support me if there was a better opportunity for me personally and professionally somewhere else. And I know she would remain that mentor for me, but like having this proximity to be able to talk to her every single day, what a gift that is at this point in my career. And, you know, I honestly hope it never ends. Wow. That that's so powerful because I think that's what we all want. Those who are working, whether you need to work or you want to work is for whatever those reasons are, you want to be inspired on a day-to-day to not only, you know, do great work, but to feel awesome about yourself and your influence in the world. Maybe that's why it's called Find Your Influence, right? But that that is, that's really beautiful. Can you share a little bit with us about like what makes you happy right now? This is Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. Clearly, Jamie makes you happy. Clearly, it sounds like your job, your life. What is it that, you're, that you want to share with us that's, that really brings you joy through the good, through the bad of everyday life? My family, which I think is a very gen- you know, generic answer. My husband and I have been married 18 and a half years. Our, our son turns 17 next month. He is finishing up his senior year of high school. He's been accepted into three different universities and he's going to be applying to more. So what makes me happy is that he's at this point in his life as a young man where these are all the choices that he has to make for his future, for the rest of his life. And so I feel great knowing that my husband and I have 
raised him to be such a good human that I know that the choices he makes will be the right choices for him. It's he's not taking anything lightly. Um, so my family, it brings me happiness and joy, but also my health right now. I, um, I completed a program maybe two weeks ago now it's called 75 hard. And for 75 days, you have to do two 45 minute workouts each day. One of them has to be outdoors. You have to drink a gallon of water every day. Um, pick any diet, stick to it for 75 days, no cheat days, no alcohol. And you have to, uh, read at least 10 pages of nonfiction every day. An audiobook doesn't count. Like you have to do it like a physical book or a Kindle or, um, iBook would work and you have to take a progress photo. And so I didn't set out in that journey to say, Oh, I need to lose weight or I need to do this. I did it because I wanted to improve my, my self-talk. I wasn't speaking to myself. My inner monologue wasn't kind. And I caught myself one day being like, I would never let anyone speak to me this way ever. And I would never speak to anyone else. So why, why am I doing that? And so I selected this program just to find a way to reset that self-talk. And so I found myself because it's 75 days. And if you mess up one day, let's say you don't finish the gallon of water in a day, or you don't get that second work in, you have to start over at day one. And so I said, I am going to do 75 days and I'm not going to have to reset. I'm going to do 75 days without missing anything. And I did. And I saw results within like the first two weeks where, you know, it's kind of the angel and the devil that are on your shoulders, right? At the end of the workday, when I had to get my second workout in, I didn't want to. And then I had this other voice being like, you can do it. No one else is doing what you're doing. And so that self-talk, I, I, I realized one day I was like, oh my goodness, my self-talk has changed. And so over 75 days, and now that I'm about two weeks out of that program, I still hear the positive self-talk because I made the decision of the pieces of that program that worked so well for me that I'm going to continue doing. So I'm not doing two 45-minute workouts every day now. I'm still doing one. I'm still reading every day. I've added some fiction in instead of nonfiction. I'm still drinking a gallon of water. And I, I feel so much joy in being this best version of myself from a health perspective that I've ever been. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I did that, that I, that I achieved that. And the fact I didn't do it for anyone else. I did it for me and I didn't do it for the number on the scale. I didn't do it for the, you know, the inches around my waist. I did it to improve that positive self-talk and that worked for me. I don't know that it would work for anyone else. I kept saying to myself, look what you did. Like you're amazing. And I'm, I'm a numbers person, Karen. So when the program was done, if you have to do two 45 workouts a day, that's 90 minutes a day. So I can't remember the total number of minutes it was, but it came out to 101 and a half hours. Now, were there times I did more than 45 minutes? I did, but in seven, five days, I worked out more than 101 hours and I, I'm an overachiever when it comes to reading. So Technically, 10 pages a day for seven days is 750 pages. Uh, I read 13 books. I read over 3,700 pages. Um, so again, when I look at that, that self-talk is like, look what you did. No one else is doing that. And I did that for me. No one told me I had to. It was just holding myself accountable to a goal. And so that brings me joy right now is knowing I did that and I'm capable of that. Wow. I got to put this, you said it's 75 day hard is the program. 
called 75 hard 75 hard i'll put that link in the show notes if anybody else wants to explore it it's really interesting that you say that and i can see see because we're recording this via video i can see how you just your face like lights up talking about it i will say my cancer diagnosis have in in a different sort of way have done that for me. Like I'm a two-time cancer survivor. I am living and thriving with stage four disease. I changed my lifestyle in some of the ways you mentioned, and I stick to it, but I have the fire that's lit underneath me. And I clearly do not want anybody else to have that fire, but you found a way to have that fire, to do it, you know, in a healthy way and look at the positivity that's come out of it. Look at, as you've said, kind of it's bettered your life in a way and you did it. And that's something you can be proud of. And so many people, you're not alone. We know like beat ourselves up in our mind. And if this is a tactic that worked for you, it it may be something that would work for someone else. So that's amazing. Yeah. And it was great that, you know, my, my husband and son are like, you know, you can, you can have this ice cream. And I was like, you know what? I could, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like the diet that I chose was counting my macros. And again, on that program, you can choose any diet. It's just about sticking to something, setting boundaries for yourself. And there were times like, yeah, I could have the ice cream. I don't want the ice cream. And it wasn't about the ice cream. It was just about being able to say no and have control over so much. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was out of control before, but there was definitely like, oh, my family's having ice cream. I'm going to have ice cream. It felt, you know, not like peer pressure, but like, hey, it's what I should do. But I was like, no, because if I say no to this, I'm going to be proud of myself for saying no to ice cream. You know, it, it sounds like a really silly thing, but I, you know, I would go to bed, lay my head on the pillow and be like, look what I was able to do today. And, you know, just, just that pride that I have in myself is not something that I recall having in, you know, any of the other 43 plus years of my life. And it's not necessarily about the ice cream. Like this story is about the ice cream. It's about making choices and choices, the little choices, the big choices, they can be incredibly, incredibly powerful in our lives. So I want to say I'm so grateful. I guess that you wrote that post on LinkedIn that got me thinking about you and wow, maybe we should have a conversation about this. I'm so grateful that we've reconnected and I am hoping that you would be willing to close out this podcast like I've done with most, if not all, every episode we've had where we've played the grateful game. Would you be willing to play with me? Yes, let's do it. All right. So for those of you that are new to me, I play the grateful game most nights before bed with my son. When he was nine and he's now almost 13, we would talk about what we were grateful for and why before bed. Now, what I found, and you know, did this cure my cancer? No, it didn't. But did it, I would not say force, did it motivate us, inspire us to look throughout the day for good things that were going on in our lives so that we could then share with each other at night. Yes, 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 it did that. It did that twofold. And in doing it most nights, it became a regular mindful practice. And we know through many health studies that having some sort of mindful reoccurring practice in your life can be healing, can help with your happiness and lower your stress, which is why I'm really proud that to this day, we still play some form of the grateful game. Now you don't have to do it before bed with your child. You can do it in the car as you're carting them somewhere. You can do it at the dinner table. What I ask is that you consider, even as we're going to do it right now, talking about 
what you're grateful for and why. And in this case, the last 24 hours. That's how we like to play because sometimes the little things, like I'm truly grateful for my health. I'm grateful for the house over my head. I'm grateful for my parents and my husband and my son. But when I look for little things in life, even when I've got really dark days, I'm able to put a smile on my face. So Tammy, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to give us one minute each, which is uh, my son and I usually do too. But for us, since I know you and I could talk for hours, I'm going to talk about what I am grateful for and why. Little things. So today, so I got a new lipstick. I like clean beauty, green beauty, and not all of them are awesome. But this one that I got, which I'm not wearing right now, but I did get it earlier, stays on my lips even when I'm wearing a mask. And it's very moisturizing, though it stays for a while. It's a mauvish color, and the brand is A-I-L-A. I believe you pronounce it Ayla. So I'm grateful for that. It makes me smile. And then when I see myself wearing lipstick, it does put a big smile across my face. So that's one. The second thing I will say, which I'm probably going to have to leave there, is um, I make this vegetable soup that my mom made years ago, and I've kind of made it now into my Instant Pot, dump all the vegetables I have into the Instant Pot, let it do its thing for 30 minutes, and voila, there I have this vegetable soup that I eat for a lot of my lunches. I finished up the last one today, and I just love it. It fills me with nourishing fruits and vegetables. Well, not fruit. I, I got tomatoes of fruit, so tomatoes in it vegetables and as it's getting a little chilly now it's it definitely I know not for you in Arizona but it's something I love so there are my two things I'm grateful for today I am tossing it to you so I am grateful uh that I have such great relationships with my neighbors uh one of my neighbors has uh two daughters uh Olivia is just turned 10 and Adeline is almost seven and I saw, and I only have, I have a son, so I've never, I, I don't have experience like with young daughters, but I'm very close with Olivia and Adeline, the neighbor girls. And so last night I was down at their house and I said, Hey, how about on Saturday, I sneak you away and we can go to this, like make your own pottery place and you can make a Christmas gift for your dad. And so I'm grateful that tomorrow I'm taking Olivia and Adeline to go make a Christmas gift for their dad. And then um, once we finish with this interview today, Karen, I'm going to lunch with another old friend. Not that we are old, but we worked together in 2013. And so she and I are going to lunch today to catch up. So I'm grateful um, for all the different relationships that I have and that I can invest my time exploring doing things, you know, with the younger girls, we can go do something. You know, I'm always doing things with my family. I shouldn't say always. My son's almost 17. He doesn't want to do much with me anymore. However, um, I'm grateful that I have other relationships that I can lean in and find love and joy from as well. Well, that is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And I say that wholeheartedly. I truly mean it. This ended up being, and thank you for letting me jump in and, and letting me throw out some thoughts as well, because I am really passionate about careers and mentoring. And I think it's because, like you, I thrive in, with relationships. It, it brings me such joy as well. And so to have people both professionally and personally, and I am very, very, very grateful because I've been so lucky with some of the, the specifically women and men as well. But um, for the sake of the conversations on, about family that really have been great 
role models and mentors to me, but not everybody has that. And there are some lines of work that still are very, very, um, that it's hard to find that good mentor. So I love the fact, Tammy Neely, I will put your information in the show notes so people can check you out. People can check out, find your influence. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we sign off? I'd love for anybody who's looking for mentorship or guidance, if I can be of service to you, um, I'd love it, Karen, if you could put my LinkedIn um, within the show notes too. I'd love for anybody to reach out and let me know how I can be of service to you. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that is wonderful. So thank you, Tammy, for being here today, for reconnecting. Thank you for the listeners for always being so supportive. I hope that we are providing insight that helps you Take small steps towards better health in some ways, happiness, or whatever it is that you so desire. I really, truly believe that whatever journey you're going on in life, sometimes they're harder than other times, but you have the ability to find joy in those days. So thanks again for being here, and bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today you could do me a favor and take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. Honestly, you leaving a review really does help us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And if you tell your friends about us because you love us, they might as well. So let us know your thoughts. Please connect with us directly. We have a ton of fun on Instagram at Pretty Wellness and would love hearing from you. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you so much happiness and great health. Bye for now.